And we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because a once-in-a-lifetime event just happened this week. Okay, there may be another one, but, I mean, Star Trek Day happens every year, so I, I guess... They didn't cancel midget wrestling, did they? I don't know, truth be told. I'll have to investigate that for you. We can, we can look it up. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Triple. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name. That's S-H-U-J-I-N. Hi, good to be with you. And yeah, I'm I'm joking just a little bit, but I'll I'll explain when we get through to stuff in just a couple of moments here. From the Midwest of the U.S., joining us, Bridget Fitch. I remembered again to use your full name. <laughs> I've been Thank listening you. to some of the old episodes again and getting ideas on stuff of, you know, what do I want to follow back up again with? And it's like, shit, that's right. I, I actually got complimented for remembering that time. I should do it again. I like getting complimented. Hi. Well, thank you. Hi. It's stuff. From the right-hand coast of North America, out where the, um, the shit's going to hit the fan again very soon. Unrenowned tech. Hi. Uh, you know that that's that's putting the horse before or putting the cart before the horse. I mean, we don't know that it's truly going to hit the fan. It might get up high and then kind of peter off. It all depends on the follow through. It's like golf, you know. If you don't follow through on the swing, it's going to screw up your game. That's fair enough. Yeah. And and as we have typically said, the expression should be used in polite company as. When the defecation hits the ventilation. You can use that one. A sliding. And from over the water, over to Paris, France, out where the castles roam. Joseph, you made it this morning. Hello. Good morning. Not quite Paris, France. No. <coughs> no, but... Uh, so... Or so in an area where it's not, it, it, it's just sparkling wine. It's not champagne. Oh, yeah. The French equivalent of West Buck Buck. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. And to that extent, by the way, drink-wise, believe it or not, tonight people are not going to believe what I'm drinking. I'm drinking Limeade. I, I had coffee earlier tonight. I did not Does buy any alcohol. Good. It's Limeade. It's, it's, it's. Concentrated lime squirt, sugar, and water. I mean, it's hard to screw that up. Nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's Do just, you have a firehouse uh, subs near you? I, I'm I'm sorry. H how do you define near? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess not. They have uh, they have a cherry limeade. Don't so, like cherry. And it's, oh, see, I I love cherry. So the cherry with the limeade is delicious and then you can get it where it's uh, been carbonated or not you know sparkling versus plain flat uh low sugar or, or no sugar versus sugar and all that it's just like it's but you know if you don't like do you like strawberry no hmm. don't like berries really the only berry i've found i enjoy drinking is loganberry 
I don't know how well that would go with lime. Probably not. So I've made limeade more than twenty times right before the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was either that or I do uh, um, tang, and and really, it just didn't particularly care for it. So I have yet wear an orange shirt. It would clash. Tang and make it anything other than tang. Um. Well. Well. If we can get Dallin on sometime again soon, we'll have to ask him about his tang cookies. It's not his exactly. He borrowed it from somebody else's recipe, but we'll. we'll Sorry, do it. that just made me cringe a little. I know, I know, but I'll I'll I have would, to. I would try it. Yeah, I would try it, but the sound of it—it's one of those things. Like, um, there are certain foods that you hear the sound of it. Like George Carlin did a whole bit on on funny names of foods and things like that, like succotash, you know? It's lima bean and corns. Or kumquats, yogurt, you know, things like that. He, I remember that. People, if you're listening, just YouTube, George Carlin, funny names. It's a great bit. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff he did. But yeah, well, if 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 you guys, uh, while I'm doing my thing, if you want to poke Dallin and ask him, okay, what's this thing with Tang and cookies? I'm sure he'll be more than happy to have a, a, a good laugh at you. But let me let me continue on. If you do feel adventurous some night, you want to join us while we're recording, you can do that because we're over on YouTube. And you can join us over here, kind of like uh, Stephanie. Good morning. And... If you're reading the live chat over there on the video, you'll see that I I, I said that um, our measured condolences to you and your folks. For whoever gets to listen to this after the fact, because we know that our release schedule for the audio is kind of hit or miss. It, it, it is what it is. You know, we don't do this for money. So, you know, you get what you pay for. It, it happens when it happens. So shut up. But, um... This week, Queen Elizabeth II has passed at the ripe old age of almost a hundred. So, after seventy—I forget what the hell it was. What is seventy-two years? She was on the throne. I forget uh, exactly how. Many. She was coronated when she was, I think, twenty-five. Yeah, and so she was 96 when she died. So for a long time, she'd had her 70th Jubilee this year earlier. Yeah, yeah. so seven, seven, 70, whatever the hell it was. She, uh, <laughs> as somebody pointed out, she was the monarch of England for about a third of America's entire lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of put into perspective. Now, there are. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can say about the Queen's passing, and we will undoubtedly hear all of the stuff, all the good, all the bad. And we know full well there is a lot of bad because monarchy. Just ask India. Yeah, amongst others. However, on behalf of all of us, I would like to say. I sincerely hope that history is able to properly collate to find out that for her lifetime, her reign was more positive than not. I really do sincerely hope so. 
I would really like to believe that overall she was a net positive. Could only be 51% to 49%, but still, you know, we, we can, we can hope because we know full well there's, there's a lot of crap in England's history that, you know, there's enough stuff to go around, but we're, we're not going to go too far into it all. So I'm surprised she didn't go sooner. Well, she has, I mean, after Philip died, yeah, you know, that was just, yeah, there, there was that she had to hang on long enough to be able to, uh, host the formal, uh, the former guy at her place and wear yeah. the brooch that Obama gifted her on his visit. Yeah. So how, how the hell she did not order <laughs> her guards to train weapons on him, by the way, when he completely ignored protocol, I do not understand. Because as I recall, if the Royal Guard shoot someone on the, on the, the, on order of the throne, I guess is the best way of putting it. They are immune from prosecution. To that end, really wonder what would have happened if they had absolutely destroyed his kneecaps. Well, he was a horse's ass to yeah. her. Yeah. And pretty much everybody else. Yeah. No, pretty much. Just, just absolutely. He's an ass. Yeah. Yeah, we will see. So it was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Where where embarrassment is concerned, international embarrassment is concerned. If we had to pick really quickly, the most embarrassing things I would put on the list on the short list of three. Number three. Shoes being hurled at President Bush. <laughs> Item number two. President Bush hurling at a dinner. And number one would be the fact that uh, that that last guy was just did not understand pro you that last guy is the deep shit um <laughs> especially when they're showing video of him getting on a jet followed by a bunch of people bringing on nine boxes filled with information that that's 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 another piece for another time don't worry eventually we'll get to that but 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 the one thing that that uh, i found out that i had not known about according to protocol thou shalt not show thy back to the queen ever <laughs> oh my god and it's 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 a simple thing. I mean, as somebody who does not do protocol, because I don't. I mean, what when the hell do I ever do it? The only time I ever heard, I've ever heard of you do not show your back to someone protocol. Believe it or not, is in Star Trek because when the Klingons say you no longer have a place in honored society, they cross their arms in front of their chest and they turn their back on someone. Yeah, shunning. I even knew that. That's why all the prime ministers would walk out backwards. 
back out of the office and things like that. So, so for dumbass to step in front of her and then stop. Ugh. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think that some things are just overblown. I really do. In terms of, well, this is tradition. This is how we've always done it. And I hear that excuse for everything under the sun. It's like, wait, so what you're telling me is, is because of tradition, you've been doing something the wrong way for however X amount of time. And because everybody else has been doing it wrong, you refuse to change. That doesn't mean you're right. That means you're fucking stupid. Okay, so let's talk certain, about them certain. for shoving the, I forget which prime minister or whatever it was, out of the way. <laughs> That's one of Putting your hands on somebody. And anybody who's ever seen, if anybody ever figures out my Reddit account, they will have words for me. Because one of the things that um, I agree with is if somebody comes up and they put their hands on me, they better be ready for a fight. And I don't care if they're a man or a woman. Okay? I'm a domestic abuse survivor, and I will never be manhandled by anybody, man or woman, ever again. Short of being arrested by the police. In that case, I'm not fighting back. That's a legal battle, not a physical battle. But if some woman comes up and punches me, or some guy comes up or punches me, or they push me in a, in a threatening manner, fists are getting thrown. I may go to jail, but I'm that's the end of that. If I'm in a political situation, I'm not pushing a prime minister or a priest or anybody like that out of my way. I'm going to politely ask them to move. When did he ever but do anything? Me politely? accidentally turning my back, forgetting a particular part of pro protocol. Oh, I only bowed two inches instead of the standard four. Oh, forget it, me. I don't do it this. It wasn't just showing his back. They were walking side by side, and then he cuts in front of her and then stops. That was rude as hell. Yes, yeah. that is very rude. Yeah, he I'm was talking. I'm talking about a particular aspect of the protocol. No, I, showing your back to somebody. No, I, I, I think I, that's a little overblown. It. It is, but at the same time, I, I I understand where part of it comes from. You don't want somebody to be rolling their eyes while they're in the throne or receiving room, whatever the hell it was. I can that that that's that's a possibility I could see, but I'm just gonna go with. But yeah, I mean, him cutting her off—that's wrong. Yeah, because if she was here in our country and was walking side by side with him, and then cut him off. <laughs> that would be a that would be a slight too. Yeah. The aspect of the fact that he showed his back to her, I I don't care. Yeah. Well, it, that was all part and parcel of the whole. It's 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 the it's the it's the red M and M rider for uh for um for backstage at a uh, Van Halen concert thing, you know. Did you actually read the information? We got no red M&M. We've got a, a we've got a bowl that has red M&Ms in it. Somebody didn't read the writer. Yeah, we're not going on stage, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I see, forget what it was, but I, honestly, if I was given the chance to meet some country's royalty and the rules were things like, you know, don't have any knives in your pocket. Don't say, don't talk about these topics because they're political topics and you're just there to meet and greet. Say hi, get to know them a little bit, and that's it. Move on. Okay, fine. But if you say, you have to bow 15 inches from your waist, blah, 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 I'd be like, you know what? I don't want to do it. Have a nice day. Yeah, we can, 
you know, maybe we'll end up talking uh, at greater lengths about exactly this kind of thing because there are there are aspects, and Lord knows we could probably fill the two hours just on Japanese culture on that alone. Because you can the, you can call somebody queen or king or their, your majesty or whatever, and they're not your majesty. They're not your king and queen. You're just acknowledging their rank. Exactly. But I don't so, have to toast them. <laughs> well, just if you happen to ever go to a state dinner or anything like that with a bunch of diplomats, you know, don't massage the shoulders of a prime minister or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, no, I tend to keep my hands to myself. Good. And Stephanie's. I live, po- in, I live and let live. Yeah, and Stephanie's pointed out, and, and rightly so, formal etiquette is for show tech. It's true. I, I get true. it. I, I and, do get that. And and I just don't like the. I personally don't like the horse and donkey shows. Totally get it. Well, you won't be going to any state dinners, and so it probably won't be a problem. One can hope. So, how about I get everything rolling, and uh, we'll kind of take it from here and see how things root. Oh, so we got to read stuff and pretend that's actually good uh, writing. Oh, I mean the horoscope. He's got to do a show opening, and then we have to do the horrible scopes. Yeah, which fortunately, uh, I'll tell you why I'm not insulted this time. So, with five minutes on the clock, you (laughs) shut up. Five-minute freestyle starts right now. Normalcy. I'm pausing here for a second because there is a meta piece of about this word itself, normalcy. There, I had the hardest time trying to track down information about this word in particular because the term normalcy does not get used in English very often. As a matter of fact, it is very unusual to have it. Normalcy, sure, that's relatively common. Normalcy, like this, is something that pops up in British English once in a while. A very rare once in a while, apparently. But for whatever reason, for me, it it made sense. And the reason why there's a meta about this is for exactly the reason that it doesn't show up very often. Normalcy is something that happens. It's fostered. It has to instill. It has to grow. It has to be nourished. If there's one thing that I remembered recently is that there are a number of things that if you don't have them fostered, they're not normal. I'm drawing this out so that people can start to think about these things and kind of wonder, well, all right, so what kind of things are we talking about? Things that you learned as a youngster that you just took for granted ever after. So many of us know what the design of an atom is supposed to look like. No, you don't. Design? No, you don't. An atom does not look like a collection 
of dots with little spheres circling around. It doesn't even look like a 3D representation of charges in the center with weird, like, collections of charges outside of it in in these cool little, you know, geometric progressions and what. (laughs) No. What an atom looks like doesn't cons- doesn't work with the concept of sight as we know it. But the idea of what an atom is supposed to look like, we've internalized it because the earliest conception that we've had was from when we were young. When we didn't understand any better and we had no way of questioning it because it that's just the way that it was. It made sense that way because it was simple. And that's the problem. Now, we, we would like kids to have a better scientific understanding of the world and of society and how to interact with each other. But there are certain things that we can't exactly explain properly. So... The idea of what an atom, quote-unquote, looks like is, for lack of a better way of putting it, dumbed down into such a form that kids can kind of understand it. But they're not told that's that's not really what it is. So societally, when there are things that we've grown up with, and there are a number of things that we've grown up with, That as we age, as we get older, as we gain more experience, we can judge differently. We then have the opportunity of better understanding. And all the items that had been fostered into us as being normal start to fall away. And how we learn what these pieces are are how we can then teach how to better understand. New ways to understand, new ways to evaluate, and new ways to take those old, too simplistic ideas and get rid of them for the generations coming up so that the normal can actually be better suited to the full of society. Episode 421 on the docket, Your Honor. Operation Snow White 2022. Talked about Operation Snow White before. Church of Scientology infiltrated the United States government in many, many, many areas. And they basically went in there to... uh, How how do I best put it? Um, Get the government off their ass. Well, yeah, they infiltrated in order to get the government off their ass. And people were found out, they were arrested, houses were cleaned out, and now we find out that the Oath Keepers have decided that they were going to use the same damn playbook. So we're going to kind of talk back about that, what they did then, what's happened now, 
and how we can kind of help each other out with everything. Now, before we get to the horrible scopes, I I did see that the video was changing around a little bit. Joseph, what were you what were you trying to show off? Oh, oh full moon uh, over the countryside. Very cool. It's kind of crazy. It's I've got to the to one side. I've got the full moon, and to the other side, I've got dawn. To be expected. So at this point, folks, it is time for the horrible scopes. So for those of you that know what your astrological sign, great. If you don't, it's really not going to make too much of a difference. And this week, as we're as we're recording, this week included Star Trek Day. So this week we're answering the question of what Star Trek character are you based on your zodiacal sign? Zodi zodiological your your made up name and i have to give appreciation to rita wiggle and the new york post because i was like super busy friday and i had i had a lot of shit that was going on which involves me having a rental car and i basically um borrowed their writing so if there's anything that's wrong it's it's um it's uh, rita's fault and not mine so um y'all gonna have to just deal with it you're welcome aries you are captain james tiberius kirk which by the way for those of you that know your uh, my little pony uh, history right now tiberius was the name of princess luna's pet possum Yes, there are pictures that have been done by the people who have done the comic book of Tiberius in Starfleet Jacket and being really, really unhappy about it because he wanted command instead of, you know, science blue. But, you know, what are you going to do? Bold. Bordering at times on Reckless, Kirk was born in Riverside, Iowa on March 22nd, 2233, according to the Gazette, making him... A full-fledged Aries, like the man who first played him, one Mr. William I. M. Canadian Shatner. The youngest captain in Starfleet history, Kirk, is a natural leader. Like the ram that symbolizes his son's sign, he pushes ever onward at all costs and all points. Heroic to the hilt, Kirk wants to do right, be right, and reserve his vulnerabilities for those in his closest Council. I am going to go ahead and say I am so fucking pissed off that the Oxford comma does not show up in this entire thing, and I never fixed it because I was busy all day, and I didn't even think about it, and I'm really pissed about that, so... <laughs> Taurus, you're Montgomery Scott, a.k.a. Scotty. Taurus rules the second house of values and material goods, which can at times lead bulls down the path of possessiveness. In the case of good-natured, hard-drinking, catchphrase-inspiring Scotty, possessiveness takes the shape of a ship. Our Tartan Taurus king views the Enterprise with religious devotion, protective of her engines, and willing to go to great lengths or space depths to see her crew and the crew through. 
Bulls are humble to the last, and Scotty, despite his accumulated rank and description of miracle worker, saw himself first and only as a modest engineer. And I call bullshit. He was not modest in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> he knew full well what he was doing, and he loved it. Give it around on again. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> Gemini. And forgive me if I pronounce the first name wrong. Niota Uhara. Good. Rest, rest in peace. Uh, Gemini rules the third house of communications and exchange, and Niota Uhara famously and fabulously served as the communications officer for the Enterprise. The Gemini mind is a multifaceted hive, and Uhura prover- provided the, shri- the high shrine of hers throughout through her vast and highly adaptable skill set. Versed in linguistics, mathematics, navigation, social prowess, and science, the character of Uhura was groundbreaking, a truly dynamic force in the Star Trek universe. She was brought to vivid life by the late, great Nichelle Nichols. Spot on. And she got to kick, kiss uh, Captain Kirk. Yeah, there's a story about that. That pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, well, you know what? They can die mad. They can die mad. They can die mad, mad. yeah. Cancer Moonchild, Christine Chapel. Cancer is rightly associated with maternal instincts and caretaking, and Nurse Christine Chapel demonstrates the finer points of the archetype. Off-quoted as saying... She was a nurse first, and a member of the crew of the Enterprise second. Chapel aided all people and all manner of ailments. Chapel showed us the darker tendencies of cancer energy, mainly jealousy, petty resentment, and passive-aggressive punishments when she developed un- unrequited feelings for Spock. She got to be a doctor of it. I mean, so, you know, good on her. Leo! You are William Riker. Big on heart and bearded bravado, Will is all lion. Leos are good-natured and competitive, seeking the approval and affection of those they admire and seek to emulate. Despite having a rough relationship with his own father, Will was devoted to his substitute daddy-o. Ladies and gentlemen, Jean... Jean Luck Pickard. Who gave him the moniker, (laughs) All Lions Covet, number one. There's some people who are going to be really upset with me, and you know what? You can also die mad. Uh, I mean, Harry Potter said his name better. Gene Luck Pickard. (laughs) I freaking, I love it. Virgo, your commander Tata. Excessively analytical and effortlessly self-sacrificing, Tata was a delight. This fan favorite was eulogized by Jean-Luc Picard as his curiosity about every facet of human nature allowed all of us to see the best parts of ourselves. He evolved. He embraced change because he always wanted to be better than he was. Endlessly curious, bent on betterment, and always looking to be of service, Theta is Virgo energy distilled. All right. Libra, we get to correct the mistake of somebody else. 
Jean-Luc Picard. I said it properly. You can look it up. <laughs> yeah. Well-spoken, or diplomatic, well-spoken, highly likable, and downright handsome, Shakespeare-loving oh. Jean-Luc Picard displays oh. the Venusian virtues of his cardinal sign. Libra is synonymous with balance, and Picard was charged with stabilizing the dual influences of technology and humanity. As air signs, Libras can be a touch aloof and often succeed professionally while falling short in their familial relationships. The dynamic at work in the esteemed but childless Picard. But he would kick his brother's ass at almost any provocation. He'd kick anybody's ass at provocation. Oh, my turn. Okay, Scorpio. Pavel Chekhov. Russian wonderkin. Pavel Chekhov shows some serious Scorpio tendencies. Ruler of the Eighth House of Death and Transformation, Scorpio is a threshold sign associated with soul, soul journeys and, and psychology. Sorry. In kind, Chekhov loses his mind quite a few times during his tenure on the Enterprise, but owing to the Scorpio capacity for survival, he always makes it through the suffering and back from the brink of destruction intact. Yeah, you kind of nailed it with that one. Yeah, that's poor, true. Poor Chekhov. Yeah. All the crap he's been through. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am. I almost wanted to read that in his accent. But... <laughs> oh, that would have been better. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. But it's been a while. But... Yeah. You know, I, I, I forgot. I, I looked over here on the uh, on the side of the room. I forgot. I still have my circa 1992 uh, diecast Enterprise toy. Well, the the Enterprise D, you know, the one that um, mm-hmm. if you uh, pull it apart, yeah, I love this thing. It looks like shit now, but you know what? It's from ninety two. So what are you gonna do, Sagittarius? You are Hikaru Sulu. Hikaru Sulu, described by Spock as, at heart, a swashbuckler out of your eighteenth century is the resident Sagittarius of the Star Trek franchise. Series creator Gene Roddenberry named the character for the Sulu Sea in Central Philippines, as it was, quote, the waters of that sea touch all shores, an expansive sentiment in keeping with the abundant nature of this mutable fire sign. Dynamic and allergic to physical stasis or mental ennui, archers are an active and engaged bunch. True to form, Sulu's interests include botany, fencing, muds women, and gymnastics. He was all over Capricorn. the place. You're Dr. Uh, Leonard Bones McCoy. A voice of reason with serious father issues and a predisposition towards judgment, Leonard Bones McCoy is a big-time Capricorn well-respected for his prudence and beloved in spite of his pessimism, McCoy perfectly encapsulates the seagoat spirit. Furthermore, Capricorn rules the skeletal system from which the good doctor derives his nickname. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I always love the fact that he refused to take the teleport if he could. Well, yeah, because he knew one of the possibilities was the meat puppet concept. You go into the teleporter, you die. 
and a copy of you, a perfect copy, is materialized at the ending location. Oh, yeah. By the way, for Aquarius, you could have just put the who it was and stopped there. Because this person needs no introduction, although there will be one, unfortunately. Depends on how you look at it. Aquarius, Spock. Pretty much done with that statement, but here we go. Aquarius has two planetary rulers, and natives are often caught between the pole of opposing forces. We see this dichotomy expressed in Stock, Spock, a mixed-heritage man divided by logic and emotion, quote, whose Vulcan blood put him outside of our species while his human blood kept him tethered to it, unquote, according to the rap. Quote, from his pointy ears came endless rumination on the nature of humanity and whether we will overcome our differences and reach the stars together, unquote. A grappling outsider on a star quest? Apex Aquarius. I see. Giordi de la Forge. Uh, As Pisces, Giordi de Forge is positioned, excuse me, is positioned directly opposite his friend Data, on the zodiac wheel, and provides a sensitive ethereal counterpoint to his pal's logical mind. In this series, the force was born blind, but through visor technology, is able to see a large swath of the electromagnetic spectrum, giving him a kind of sensory sight. In kind, Pisces rules the twelfth house of the unconscious mind, and natives exhibit a heightened emotional awareness. Apt to feel their way through life, these folk, like Lafarge, rely on intuition rather than obvious perception. Which easily explains why so many of us fish just flop around all over the place, always outside of our elements. You know, speaking of fish, if you think about it, the visor gave Jordi Laforge the same kind of vision as the mantis shrimp. I don't remember how much the Manda Shrimp is able to see into the EM, so sure, we'll go with that for right now. It's the best analogy I can make at the moment. Fair enough. Those are horrible scopes for this week. Remember, if you like what you got, uh, I can't take any kind of credit for it, because I... I um, okay, so here's here's the question. If I say... If I actually credit who it is that wrote it and where I got it from, does that qualify as plagiarism then? No, it's properly attributed, so. Okay. So I don't feel so bad. You're supposed to cite your sources. Well, I mean, you did. You learned that in school, man. Otherwise, it is plagiarism. Some of us do. But with the proper attribution, it's fine. So if you like what you got, great. Um, Thank them. And the New York Post, surprisingly enough. But if you'd like me to have a theme, you all you need to do to bribe me is just let me know and I'll see what I can do for you. But otherwise, um, you're going to get what you pay for. And since you're not paying for it, uh, yeah. That's, Ooh, how about Robotech? <laughs> Sorry, my nerd showing. I don't know anything about Robotech, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say... Um, don't don't throw stuff at me that I don't know anything about because I might decide that um, Robotech, yeah, that's that's effectively the GoBots, right? Sure, yeah, I can do that. Oh, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting your age. How about Lincoln Logs? 
No. <laughs> I mean... Fine, I mean... Let's not say we did. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come up with some way of making some kind of reference to he was around long enough to see the uh, petrification of most of that stuff. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it and just, okay, sure. Yeah, go with that. Anyway. So. Here it's kind of tent city because I'm here with my colleagues from the ICGP. Oh yeah. It's not quite dark, dark. So, well, then that again, is, it is. Just coming up. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, Operation Snow White. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't believe that. Um, I can't believe that we're talking about this one again, because God, just okay. So, short version: Operation Snow White. The Church of Scientology had their people get into different positions of authority in the government so that they could find the information that was investigated and make it just kind of go away. You know, because these are back in the days when a lot of the stuff was in analog format, meaning it was pieces of typewriter paper or microfiche or, you know the way that we handle electronic stuff these days for storage and whatnot, not even, not even close. I mean, yeah, there were some things that you could store electronically, but very, 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 very expensive. And why bother? Cause I mean, you've got typewriters. I mean, what, what more do you really need? So they got in, they, they, they made stuff disappear. They got found out about and they got, uh, people arrested and, and jailed and, and such. And at the time it was the worst infiltration of the American government that had happened. That had been discovered. Right. And we may be topping that soon. <laughs> yeah. So now we find out one man, <laughs> not a whole group, just one man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's going to be interesting for the history books. Yeah. So now we have news articles that had just come out this this past week as of recording. And the so-called, and I'm going to keep saying it that way, the so-called Oath Keepers have effectively done the same thing. They have infiltrated different levels and areas of the United States government, which includes lawmakers, military, and paramilitary. And for those of you that are kind of wondering, wait, paramilitary? The police. At various different levels of. So it's fair to say that we're having this thing happen all over again 50 years on. And before we got started with the show, I lamented the fact that I actually have to say that 1970s was like 50 years ago instead of like the 30 or 40 that I thought it was because 
apparently my brain is old and I, I didn't want to believe that I'm as old as all that. So, um, yeah, in the show notes, I've got, uh, I've, I've got a news report that was in there. I'm also going to make sure because I, I didn't think to add it originally. There is also an interactive map that had been generated with the information that says if you were to click on your your state or if you were to click on one of the states, it would give you information for the number of people who are attributed for different areas of government in that state. And it's with the understanding that whoever joined is not necessarily a true member. You know, they're, they're not guilty right off the bat just because they're on the list. And that's true. There are people who sign up to be parts of communities and groups not knowing what the hell the group is about. Just because it seems like it's a good thing to do at the time to do it, and then they forget about it. They may not even be active. So it does need to be determined if they were... There are some people you can look at and go, I see that name. They were definitely active part of that group. Boom. Okay, fine. You have another name pop up and go, who's this person? Well, they're so-and-so. Were they at the insurrection? No. Have they participated? No. They joined up and they never posted anything. They never did anything. They never acted on anything. They probably joined up and forgot to quit. <laughs> like that beach, uh, or not the, uh, like like joining the gym at, at New Year's. I'm going to get that beach pod this year. I'm going to join the gym. And then they never go. But they paid the $600 yearly fee. <laughs> Because people are that dumb. No, I, I I get you. But see, the part of the problem is that at this point, I find it incredibly hard to believe that anybody would not know. It would be more likely that if you picked a random name out of that list, I mean, completely jumble it, like a Wheel of Fortune kind of thing, right? Spin the wheel, and it randomly comes across a name. Most likely an active member. That there, There's probably... Less than 1%, but greater than zero chance of actually finding somebody on that list that's not an active participant. Yeah. Much as I would really like to think that all of these people knew what the hell it was that they were doing, you're right. There is a non-zero chance of finding someone who just a straggler on a, on a list. And the reason why I point this out is the same reason the, the people who were doing the list pointed out. Because we are in a country, or unlike so many others, we are innocent until proven that we are guilty. At least that's how it's supposed to work. Granted, if you're rich and all that other shit, yes, whatever. I get it. The system is not fair. But we're supposed to be operating on innocent until proven guilty. And I, for one, am one of those people who would say, if you gave me a hundred people in a room and one person was innocent and the other 99 were guilty, but we couldn't figure out which one the innocent one it was, so we either have to lock them all up or let them all go, I'd actually say, let them all go. And you're right. You're right. The way that, the, the way that we handle stuff like this, you're exactly right. I'm not saying that is wrong. I'm saying that's the way that we've determined that the most 
just way of dealing with something like that is that. And for some, for some, yeah. And especially now, since we have so many people and we've, this is not a new phenomenon. This is just when the internet came to fruition and it suddenly became popular with the popular kids and it stopped being a nerdy thing. Well, let's face it, it's still a nerdy thing, but there's just more adapt, uh, adoption. Um, more people are likely to emotionally react before thinking things through. And then when they share their reactions, and that one time they're right, they take that as a validation to all their past reactions, and other people see it as a validation to their reactions because they thought the same way, so therefore all their other thinking must be right, which is a fallacy in of itself. And then we get what we get. You know, you get one person who's accused of being a pedophile and their career is over, even if it was a false uh, accusation, because that's how society reacts. They have women who demand that if a man is accused uh, of being of being a rapist, that he automatically go to jail. No trial, no nothing. I understand those women were hurt. I was hurt. I was hurt in many ways. I'm not just a domestic abuse survivor. I understand that pain. And I understand it from a different viewpoint, too. And I'm supportive of getting criminals their due. But not at the cost of the innocent. Or, should I say, not at the cost of the not guilty. But it doesn't always work that way, though. I know. And, I and I'm speaking of people who were sentenced to death and executed even with exculpatory evidence presented. I, I Like I said, I get it. It does not always work the way. It, my version is the idealistic version. And I yeah. know it's not reality. But it's what I strive for. Yeah. I just think it's horrible that people are executed even when they're innocent and it's been proven that they're innocent just because you know, states are going to do what they want to do because yeah. they don't care. Religion, skin color, they don't like the, the sound of their voice. Yeah. Whatever. The language they speak. Yeah. Where they were born. Or where they think they were born. Yeah, that that's too. that's a that's a whole thing. Now, as far as to what Bridget had mentioned about um, people being sentenced to death even with exculpatory information, that's not like a 1950s kind of thing. There are court cases that have happened in this year where exactly that kind of thing has happened, where information has come out that's just hey, um, wrong guy, not just like not guilty, like utterly innocent of all of this shit and courts just legally thrown their hands up in the air and said well too bad (laughs) not what the rules say you can do anymore so uh, tough I don't remember who it is but I, I remember having read about it not too very long ago and to say that I was upset undercuts the word but unfortunately you know i'm just a voice on a podcast the hell do i know
So we got these people infiltrating the government. And I have to ask, from the standpoint of <sighs> Bridget, from, from the standpoint of the oath that you took, who is it that you are supposed to protect the Constitution from? All enemies, both foreign and domestic. And right now we have an awful lot of domestic. And anybody that is trying to circumvent that Constitution or overthrow my government, they're, by definition, my enemy. And strangely enough, they think the same thing of us. Yeah. Because they have a misunderstanding of the laws. They have a misunderstanding of the rules uh, that our society has set forth. You know, uh, for example, something simple, something very simple. HIPAA laws were created so that companies and organizations and institutions that store medical data cannot just reveal it without the person whose data it is gives permission. End of story. That's all it does. That's all it covers. Mm -hmm. But yet you have people going out there going, you can't film me. I'm covered, protected by HIPAA regulations. Dude, dude you're in a public place and HIPAA has nothing to do with vid public video recording. And then they gnash their teeth and they say you're wrong because they don't understand. You know, or I don't have to show my uh, vaccination card to get into a private business. It's like, no, you're right. You don't. You also have the right to not go into the business. It's a private business. They're not storing your data either. So, yes, they can ask during an epidemic to see your vaccination card or you're not coming in. Likewise, they can ask you to wear a mask. And if you don't, you don't come in. Not, HIPAA has nothing to do with it. Now, if they were recording all your details down into a database, they would have to protect that information in that database under HIPAA regulations. Well, they were trying but to say I, that even requiring a mask was, you know, against the constitutional rights. And I'm like, no, it's actually covered under the Commerce Clause that, yes, the, you know, uh, the, you know, it wasn't called the Department of Health and Human Services in that section, but... You know, any health official can quarantine your ass during a pandemic. And then they would go, well, I agree to disagree. Like, that would was no, a magic it's, phrase. It's in the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I agree with that fact, that that fact is a true fact. But people mm -hmm. who didn't want to hear that, rather than just putting on the damn mask and going about their business and getting it over with, would say, you know, they would argue, or they would say, I agree to disagree. It's like, you can disagree with the fact all you want, but it doesn't change the fact. What you, When somebody drops a, an agree to disagree, and they're saying, oh, the light's blue, and I'm staring at a stoplight. There's only three colors for a stoplight in America. Red, yellow, and green. And you're telling me it's blue? And I say, no, it's not. And you go, well, I agree to disagree. You have just told me that you reject reality and substitute your own. Or you're colorblind. One of the two. Well, well, colorblind, we can rule out actual science. <laughs> My question would be, why, why are they denying reality? 
What are they trying to, quote-unquote, protect? Oh, I can answer that one. The only, I mean, the only parts of the Constitution that they care about is they think that the First Amendment protects them from any repercussions or consequences of their foolishness, and the Second Amendment, that's all that they think it is, that's all that they care about. Well, protects them from accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to me, if you're an elected official, if you're sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution, it's all of it. And I think you need to know what's in it, and at least I've read it once. But that doesn't seem to be a qualification to take that out. Yeah. A good portion of this is there is... And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be using the technical term. And uh, no, don't worry about it. You don't, have to, you don't have to pull out the Oxford English on this one. The technical term for ignorance. These people, so many of them, have been fed lies that simply conform to the slavish devotion that they've had to whatever death cult it is that they've been working with to try to gain more power for themselves and their own. Meaning, you know, as 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 Joseph has reminded us on so many occasions, you know, it's it's the us versus them. And if we're not winning then um, we're losing. Whereas, you know, civil rights for everyone doesn't matter what age, doesn't matter what skin tone, doesn't matter what gender. And, and well, if, if, if they're going to have, um, if, hold on to this one, because this is, this is one that's actually happened over here. If the gays are going to be allowed to have marriage, there should be a, there should be a new version just for us heterosexuals. I am slightly modifying the way that the argument has gone, but that's not very far that I'm changing it around. These people believe that they, that, that any building up of everyone else is a loss for their stature. And they will do anything and everything they can to save it for themselves. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, if they're if for everybody different than them. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And what, what I think is funny is we've got people like Marjorie Three Names and Lauren Bobert who say that it's a static document that's not meant to be changed and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what do you think amendments are, you twit? Oh, twit. Amendments are changes. Twit. Okay, okay. You, you, you used... That's used, a twit. Okay. No, no, no. That's that's fine. It's fine. I, even, Benja- even Benjamin Franklin said it was an imperfect uh, document. But they left the Second Amendment. It's like the Second Amendment was a change, you twit. Hell, the first one was. Well, the first one is too, but it's like, what do you think an amendment is? Um, a dictionary, please go buy one. See, you know, it, it's it's funny. Here in the United States, there is such slavish devotion to the First Amendment, which the short version of it is the right to speech. 
that is a very, very, very truncated version of it, and it doesn't give the proper nuance to it. However, the Second Amendment, the right to self... Mm, trying to think of the right way, the, the right wording for it. The right to self-defense through firearms. Again, completely, uh, c- completely boiling it down in a way that really doesn't give you what it really is, but just, just humor me for a second. And then we get to the third. And I challenge people to actually know what the Third Amendment is. Because most seem not to recognize what it was. I remember. I remember because there was, uh, there was a, a, a news thing on TV a while ago. Is that the, and I may be wrong here, is that the one where you don't have to provide quarters to military people? It's not that. It's that you have the right not to. They are not supposed to be there. Okay. Now you you've you've effectively got it right, but I'm 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 trying to kind of hammer home the the. Idea I had the right idea. Yeah, you sort did. Of. You did. You did. And I, I know okay. I'm being a little bit of a dick about it, but it's a matter of. I didn't Google it. Put it that way. <laughs> and good on you there. But yeah, there there was an amendment that said the public is not to have, sorry, the military is not allowed to commandeer a private residence to put themselves up into. And again, I'm, I'm saying it a little That's bit wrong. better than I did, yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things where, you know, we don't think about it anymore because at, at this point, who would do that? Okay. Okay. You know what? We, we, we go with that. So now, societally, like I said, who would do that? It, 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 it's, it's basically unthinkable. Because literally, you know, it comes down to, like I said, you know, who would do that? The idea that a group would intentionally use their numbers to infiltrate the government in a concerted effort secretively, who would do that? Well, now we know. Religious zealots were the ones who were first found to have done it. Technically, the Church of Scientology is the one that modernly has done it. Before that, it's arguable that, you know, the Mormons did it too. Kinda, technically. I mean, they outlasted everybody out where they were, so, I mean, they were just there in Utah, so they, they took over because they were there. So now we've got the Oath Keepers. Who are a cult who believe in lies that have been sold to them for no other reason other than it makes their fifis better. 
And what kills me the most is that there are people, like I said, in government, government, and in the military. Which technically means if they have been part of this organization and working on their behalf inside of their positions in the military, is it wrong for me to say that they have become the very enemy of the state that they swore to protect the country from? I would agree with that. So I'm pretty well going to guess that um, with the information that came out, with all the names that came out, that can be easily cross-referenced and have been, I can pretty well imagine that the judicial arm of the armed forces is probably going to be looking at this list of people and tracking these people down and investigating them pretty hard, pretty quickly. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. And it's no secret that these groups do try to target military people to recruit. So it goes both ways. But when the phone call is coming from inside the house, that's really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, who would who would think that something like this would happen? And, you know, I think that. I think there should have been more movies, you know, back in the day that handled exactly this thriller kind of things where, you know, somebody on the inside has has turned and they are now the enemy. Oh, wait, didn't they do that in one of the one of the Bond films, Goldeneye, I think? Am I thinking of the right one? No, no, I'm not up on Bond movies. Pretty sure that's which one it was, where 006 turned out to have been killing off other agents. Cuz. Stephanie, you you're 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 part of the covert military over there in England. I mean, you 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 probably know which one it is. You probably figure it out for us. <laughs> I mean, come on. Bond has been around since at least what? Uh, the fall of the Tudors? I mean, come on. You you'd be able to figure this one out. And I have nothing left to drink. Well, screw that. I'm having fun at Stephanie's expense. But besides these, uh, like I said, besides the example of, you know, the Church of Scientology doing this, I can't think of any other situation where this kind of thing has really happened. I mean, if 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 you guys can remember any other any other groups that were like that, organized groups, not like individuals like the Rosenbergs. I mean, I'd love to know. Holy shit. But sorry, sorry, Doc, Doc Waxen, good morning. And we've We've missed you, and I don't know if you'd see the uh, the previous text and whatnot earlier. Uh, again, to you also, 
you know, our measured condolences to you and, and your folks over there. And Stephanie's reminding me, sorry, Shujin, Bond was fiction, trying to glamorize the hard graft of real espionage. I know, I know, I know. That's why I'm making light of it, because it's so just, no. The idea that somebody had a third nipple on the back of their shoulder, just, no. That was wrong with you. That was, uh, that was the, uh, Mr. Scaramanga, man with the golden gun. Which was never turned into a porno, come to think of it, I don't think. Oh, that would have been, that would have been, see, now, now, now I, now I'm going off into the deep end of shit. I really shouldn't be doing that. So yeah, anyway, yeah, Doc was, uh, was reminding me, yeah, 006 killing other agents. Yeah, that was GoldenEye. So thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> you know, the only other time I hear about stuff like this here in the United States, it's more a tendency of local church groups. Again, imagine that. Working on getting into, uh, you know, getting voted onto school boards. And now that I think about it, I never really thought of it in terms of it being such a scary proposition that way now. Damn. That. Wow, that really. Okay, I just scared myself. Great. It's going to be one of those shows right now. But now that, now that we have these, now that we have these names, these lists of names, and yeah, there will be the, uh, in the show notes, the interactive click map will be in there because I forgot to add that originally. I guess the question is, what do we do with this information now that we've got it? I mean, obviously, like I said, you know, the military can very easily collate the information and start investigations on these people who are active military and find out what the hell has been going on. We know for well that whoever it is has been in charge of the secretive documents that got out into the wild. They're going to have their asses chewed hard with a, with a, um, Blendtec blender set on, Oh my God, you screwed up. But societally, what the hell do we do with this knowledge, knowing that shit like this has been going on? This is literally, this is literally a conspiracy theory where the conspiracy theory is real. So what you have to do is hold accountability. And you have to do it the right way. You can't just storm a government building and go, ha ha, we caught you. You know, that's the job of the police, the FBI, Secret Service, all that crap. John Q. Public, on the other hand, has another requirement. We have other things that we're supposed to do, such as 
voting people in or out, talking to our friends, family, and neighbors, doing the research that we're supposed to be doing, and then validating the data that we get so that not only do we have an informed opinion, but we validated our sources. You know, we're not just going to something like InfoWars and going, yeah, this guy's right. Nobody was shot in a school. Because I'm telling you, I see people who wear the uniform, and I don't mean police, I mean military, and they have InfoWars supportive bumper stickers. These are people who are who are trained to use weapons of mass destruction. You know, we have 18-year-olds land landing aircraft on aircraft carriers. Okay? So, we actually need to do right by them. And it goes back to what you talked about with the education part. Look, if somebody goes in and they want to be on a school board, fine. But if they're on a public school system, then they have to adhere by the strict standards of separation of church and state. So they could be as religious as they want. But when they start pushing religiosity into the public school system, everything has to go, whoop, hit the brakes. This person's fucking up. They got to go. Or they could have a sit down and go, look, we understand that this is your viewpoint on these books. You know, maybe you don't like to kill a mockingbird or of mice and men or whatever, because your religiosity says, "Ooh, this is a horrible word or this is a horrible topic. But these things actually need to be learned. Here's the lesson that they teach. And if you can't agree with this, then your your place is not on the school board. It's time for you to pack up and go. Okay, and just because parents are like, oh, you know, in To Kill a Mockingbird, they say the N-word. We don't want this in our schools. It's like, no, 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 no. It says the N-word, and it and it demonstrates what a t period of time was like, and the fact that it actually is still ongoing. It's just more um, shushed, but it still happens. The mentality is the important part. And it still occurs in societies all over the world, including our own. This is a key piece of literature. It's like, sure, you as a person don't like that, fine. But it's a public school system. If you don't like your kids being uh, challenged, if you don't like your kids actually having access to all the materials that they need to actually grow to being a human, put them in a private school system or homeschool them which is going to do great things for their social interaction skills. But you do have that right. But stop screwing up the public school system to meet your agenda. And we actually have to hold our public school systems accountable for this. And a lot of people are like, eh, I don't care. Not my kid. Um, no, but those kids are going to vote and screw up shit for us if we don't do right by them. Every generation should be smarter than the generation that came before them. Every kid, every generation should have better opportunities than a generation before them. Because it makes for a better society overall. It's healthier for every person overall. Yeah. But, when, but yeah. the only people that don't like that are the ones who 
have never in, really internalized that mentality or the ones who are trying to make sure that nobody does. So there's people your conspiracy. People, people who don't think for themselves, that's all. You let other people do all the thinking for them. Or the, the other people who are trying to ensure that nobody thinks for themselves, because those do exist as well. Yeah, that gets oh, to be... Yeah, that's the, that's the head of the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what makes this... What makes this incredibly devious to me is that so much of this shit is predicated on keeping people inside of the Dunning-Kruger curve. I mean, it's it's not just a matter of intentionally dumbing down uh, education. It's intentionally keeping these people inside of that curve where they know, you know, the expression, I know just enough to be dangerous. These are people who know just enough to be dangerous, but have then been conditioned to not look outside of that, to intentionally pull away from the edges and not look behind the curtain at fear of. Well, see, now to us, that's that's where it suddenly breaks down, because it's like, what are you going to threaten us with? Uh, Excommunication Uh, being thrown out of the cult. Well, that sounds like a really good day to us. But then again, we're also on the outside of the whole damn thing. And, you know, we, to, we, we see it in that angle. Go ahead. Yeah, to, to somebody who doesn't think for themselves, who always looks to their leader for making all the decisions for them, being excommunicated, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Because I mean, you have, as you long have, as somebody hasn't developed uh, critical thought, or analytical thought, I don't know how you want to call it. Either way. Um, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're just lost. No rudder, no compass. And that is indeed a scary thing. There was, um, there's a lawsuit going on in Utah right now. Um, and, um, or it's a, against a Utah-based uh, group, anyway. Um I put the link in the chat and there's a whole bunch of women who are suing this group. And it's because the group, um, as is stated in the lawsuit, the, the girls are taught from birth that their primary purposes in life are to be obedient, to be submissive wives and to have as many children as possible. And if you don't stay inside that swim lane, then you're ostracized, you're harassed, you're beaten labor um they they went so far uh, according to the suit as to um uh, you know face that ostracism even if they miscarried which is something beyond their control you know and um this is that kind of crap where they're being abused, but at the same time, if they don't have any knowledge of what's available to them outside of that abuse, the thought of being kicked out into the void, as it were, could potentially be even scarier to people in those situations. So when you keep people ignorant, they can't make any decisions. They can't think for themselves. And that one person who may have tried is now made an example of to keep the others in line. 
and we're seeing more and more and more of this kind of mentality, not just in, um, you know, sex cults or whatever the hell, or, or cults or whatever, but all over. You know, if you're part of the MAGA group and you don't agree with every single thing that our Lord and Savior, you know, dump said, then you're not one of us. Even if he contradicts himself, you better toe the line. Because he could never do that. You know, that's fake news. And that's why I have no problem with calling calling them all out as being a cult. They are a cult. Yeah. Just like religion. They're all cults. Difference between a cult and religion is one is tax exempt. Yeah. It's in some ways it is absolutely terrifying that people like this are still out there and have whatever level of authority it is that they've got and they're ready to just go ahead and and trample all over anyone else and abuse that authority that they've got the see so the problem is I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to how to word the question that's running through my head now Let me go sideways a second. The problem that we've got with so many of these people, as was said, is that there is a direct misunderstanding for how to evaluate what is reality, what should be, what should be accepted as real. Not as true because, yeah, and, and reminding everybody, I'm not saying as quote, true, or even capital T, true, because you guys all know who've been with me long enough, you know, for well, I detest that expression for good damned reasons. However, the problem is, there is always this adversarial system here in the United States, because we've got primarily two political factions that are always butting heads against each other. And it's always... It's always a teeter-totter. It's always a pendulum swing as to what happens when the other group gets into gets into power. Well, they're just going to go ahead and they're just going to punish everybody and anybody that was on the opposing side because they can versus, all right, well, we're, we're here now. Let's just go ahead and fix everything because, God damn it, we need to fix it again. And then it swings back and forth and the cycle just keeps repeating itself. So these people who have been roped into these cults who are now, you know, have gotten themselves into positions of authority and positions of power and positions of influence, and they're ready to go ahead and do whatever the hell it is that they're going to do for the good of the group. How? How do we properly justify to these groups or to the people on the outside of it all, that they're wrong, we're right, without it turning into a, well, we're the ones who are in charge now, so we're the ones who are right, and you're the ones who are wrong, and that's just the way that it is. Nah. 
Well, it's not just a question of right or wrong. They have to be first convinced that there there are other alternatives to their their ah, mindset or whatever you want to call it, worldview or whatever they've been indoctrinated with. And considering other options, well, that's a democratic process. I mean, it, it involves actually discussing shit with other humans instead of just blindly following dictate or imposing dictate. And doing the evaluation from as objective a position as possible and judging things based off of that. But so yep. many of these groups simply refuse to go to that step. Or they can't. They've never learned how to to think analytically or even to consider. And, and going back to your earlier point, um, you know, to somebody who allows somebody else to, quote-unquote, interpret reality for them, um, you know, anything, any rumor they hear, anything even imaginary, to them it's just as real as um, reality, quote-unquote or whatever the reality they're seeing, or whatever interpretation of reality they're seeing, because they haven't processed it on a personal level. All they can do is look to their neighbors, see what they're doing, or their leader, and follow that. So these people are they're, they're really, uh, like you said earlier, they're stuck in... Um, it's almost a trap. I don't know that there's anything almost about it. I think I gave a, an analogy. You know, this, this, uh, you know, like, like I always say, when we're younger, we depend on our elders to guide us. So let's just call it, uh, they're stuck in a, a playpen that uh, became uh, a cage. But wasn't it Tsiolkovsky who said that eventually humanity needs to get out of the cradle? That's how that's how it should happen. I mean, even going back to primitive times, that's how it happened. I'm always going back to the the walkabout, the the Australian custom, uh, where am I going to repeat myself again? Don't worry. But, <clears throat> yeah, but the the you know. The, the Aborigines uh, in Australia, they teach their young, you know, all they can. And then one day they say, okay, you're going to go out into the nature and do it for yourself. Otherwise, if you can't do it for yourself, uh, you're no good to the tribe. And we seem to have regressed further back than that, just out of pure convenience. I still don't think the there's a I'm I'm saying this for the for the humor value I want everybody to understand. I was about to say I still don't think the idea of doing what the Spartans did of taking a 7-year-old and throwing it out there into the wilderness for a a month is such a great idea. Re reminding everybody I was doing it for the humor value. Although there is something to be said for, you know, the Spartans were damn good. But well, seven-year-olds, that's exaggerating a bit. I don't remember how old they were. 
they sent the kids out into the wilderness for what was it, a month? But, but so many civilizations have coming of age uh, ceremonies and traditions. Yeah. Yeah, there is there is that, and I get to I get to do one with uh, with Tiny Triple soon. Twenty one, man. It's gonna be twenty one. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Whatever. I'm I'm an old man. Leave me alone. Well, if you're old, that makes me old too. So you just shush. <laughs> no, don't. No, it's spread to me. I'm just going to sit over here and drink my milk. <laughs> Is it green? No, it's not. Mine would be. Yet. My uh, eggs and ham are. You know, that, that's fine. See, I, I, I joke about the whole, you know, my milk is green because... Grasshopper. Grasshoppers. I'm going to scare the shit out of a bartender. Go up and ask for a, bar, for a, for a, for a, a, a grasshopper and just watch them. Just their eyes shrink into pinpoints and they go, I, I, I know this drink. I've heard of this drink before. I know how to do this, right? I know how to do this, right? Or if they've watched a certain movie, you could ask them for a holy bartender. What, you shoot them? I don't know what that is. I know you don't. It's okay. I know you don't get that reference. That's okay. Yeah, and by the way, uh, backtracking just a moment ago, uh, Doc had... uh, Doc Waxen had said over here, cults, they're just another word, but replace the L with an N. That's about as far as I think that we're going to go tonight on that one. And if people are going to have a hard time trying to figure it out, just write it out for yourself and you can figure it out. Yeah. I'm not going to say it tonight. No. It's a term of um, endearment in Australia. Uh, sure. We're in it is. Australia. We'll go with that. It is. <laughs> It is. It, it can be as well in uh, in you know the British Isles. Okay, technically Australia is a British Isle. I mean, technically, um, the, uh, <sighs> in the U.S., it's not a good word to no. use at all. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. I would I would put that one on par with uh, that the the grand poobah of Italian swear words, but I'm not going to use either one of them. Generally speaking, actually, you know what? I would, I would, I would use the Italian one before I would use that one. So, yeah. but that's just because you know, American. I mean, even 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 swearing for like Italians, there are still rules. I mean, you know, there there are rules in war when it comes to words. But, you know, that's that's all other thing. See, I don't have a long list of people that I really want to spend those kinds of words on. It's actually a short list. But there but I'll call your random idiot a putz. That's fair. Or schmuck. Schmuck is 
that's that's good. That's a little well, bit higher. Yeah. No. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, putz is Yiddish, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I, I, it just occurred to me because it's like I had somewhere along the way I I had heard that, but it never really internalized. And it's just like, well, wait, that sounds it. Okay. It's one of those moments. I'm sorry, uh, my, my brain is starting to get a little uh, a little hazy tonight, and I don't know why. Well, I mean, not enough alcohol. That that is that is a possible. Um, not enough alcohol. I'm just tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this. You know what? I got one for you. That's kind of uh, in religion based, but not religion based. There was a man who got arrested. A, pa- a, a priest or a pastor, something like that. And normally when I see a headline about a religious person, especially a religious man getting arrested, it's usually because of something like, you know, doing inappropriate things with little boys, little girls, or adult boys in bathrooms, and, you know, or drugs, or, you know, they prostitution rings, like that one Jewish center, you know, stuff like that. Well, no, apparently this guy got arrested because he was black and he was watering um, one of his congregation's uh, flowers while they were out of town. The na- So, now, with the context behind it, the context was the neighbor was asked by the people to watch the property while they were out of town. The religious figure knew they were out of town and took the time to go over to the property and water plants. The neighbors freaked the hell out because there was a black man doing you know, everyday things out in public and how dare he and called the police. Now the police to their credit asked him who he was. He identified himself uh, using his uh, religious title. And then they asked him politely for his identification. And mind you, my first thought is, okay, he should, he produced his identification. I mean, he's on somebody else's private property. He refused that's why he got arrested. More than anything, he refused to show identification while being on somebody else's private property. He shouldn't have been arrested. Depends on the laws of the area that you're Well, okay. In the United States, we have 50 states plus different areas. There are some states that are and more that are not what are considered stop and ID states, meaning that if if law enforcement, the police, the constabulatory come to you and want your identification in a stop and ID state, you are you are you are legally obligated to provide your information. Generally speaking, in a a non-stop and ID state, generally speaking, it would be considered a Fourth Amendment violation for the state to order someone to provide information, uh, provide their identification without probable cause or without being arrested. For someone to be on somebody else's property, 
they would have to have my 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 over large understanding of it all the police would have needed to have had actual information that this person was most assuredly not the homeowner and more specifically did not have authorization to be on the property so first off it took place in alabama which should say everything uh, <laughs> yeah that, that should yeah gordian knot so, comes to mind now supposedly the neighbor did tell the dispatcher that the man who was on the homeowner's property was on the pro- the homeowners were away from that were out of town and N- that the man was essentially trespassing on other people's property neither um, here nor there because right right for, for various reasons okay i'm, I'm just saying no i'm just so i'm just I, keeping so, tabs on so, these so we go right. so the the officially they arrested him on charges of obstructing government operations when he refused to show his id however later a few days after the incident the then police the the then police chief requested that the charges against the pastor be dismissed smart but they're, you know, they're going forward with a lawsuit, and you know they probably have footing for that. There's a lot of things that could have been done different. Uh, I, for one, if I'm, uh, you know, I'm, if my, if one of my neighbors has asked me to water their, you know, they're out of town. I know they're out of town, and they're they have orchids, and the orchids are very temperamental they need a lot of water in the middle of the heat wave i go there to water and someone calls the police on me and i'm black the police say who are you and it's like well i just live down the street they're out of town watering their flowers do you have any id i'm going to show them my id at that point just because i really don't want this confrontation to go further than it needs to be um and at the same time if the police being aware that the owners are out of town doesn't help the situation along. But at the same time, that's my mindset. You know, if he, if the laws, the way they were written in Alabama, specifically the county that he was arrested in, specifically make it so that he didn't have to show his ID, then I hope he wins his lawsuit. I think there's a really good chance. At the same time, this, this again was not something that I was expecting. Like again, when I see pastor arrested, you know, it's not because of usually of the of the te- the continuation of the tagline of for watering flowers. It's usually something else. So it, it it wasn't a good headline, regardless. It wasn't a good event, regardless. But it was a change of pace. That's fair, Joseph. You were going to say. Yeah, well, when the police stop you, you always comply. And if you have a problem with, you know, if you want to contest something they've done, then it's always after. Because, um, yeah, looking at the police uh, today, uh, 
I think we're having that same um, react first, think later. Um, and police have guns. It, I, I know where Sujin's going with this one. And in response to that statement of if the police stop you, you comply, period. It's like, not exactly. And this is why I was putting in the conditional, you know, I don't know what the laws in Alabama are, let alone the county in which he was arrested, because that actually is very important. The article doesn't say any of that. And like I said, if if it turns out that the police were in the very wrong based on county local laws, then I hope he wins his lawsuit. But if, if it turns out that they weren't truly wrong based on those laws, I hope he doesn't win his lawsuit. Well, not complying with law enforcement, if you are the wrong color, can be very deadly. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. That's a, that's a demonstration I, of white privilege right there. Yeah. Exactly. I, I did have to suck. Yeah, I, I did have to sit down with my son when Black Lives Matter movement was was occurring. I had to explain to him that he and I never had to have a chat that many men have to have with their sons and their daughters and women with their sons and daughters because they're black, that one day they may get pulled over by a cop, that nothing happened, nothing is wrong. They just happen to be black and behind the wheel and a target of opportunity, and they may get shot to death and have done nothing wrong. Yeah. Or you may get approached uh, at the house to let you know that one of us got show- shot because we just happened to be black in the wrong place at the wrong time and a cop with a gun decided that they didn't like us. That's not a conversation that, you know, I, I explained to my son that I never have have to have with him, at least not where we live, because there is white on white police violence, aggression, and uh, this kind of thing that goes on, but not where we live. Not in the various areas that we live in. Yeah. yeah. And it's not the this prolific. Of... But it's not only cops, but it's uh, the thought of anybody incapable of critical thought holding a gun. Uh, that scares the shit out of me. And that's part of the reason why I hate how the Slavic devotion to the Second Amendment has hinged on the in or exclusion of a single comma in how it was written. Believe it or not, this whole thing about guns here in the United States has hinged on the interpretation of how it was written because for some there was a comma And for others, there wasn't, and it changes fundamentally the understanding of how the words mean. Oh, yeah. It all depends on what the definition of is is. Yeah. It means to be. (laughs) But the problem is, yeah, but the problem is it's, it's one of those things where out of contest out of context, it sounds absolutely absurd until you get into context and then it's, well, maybe this is just 
real weird dickish dickistry. But legally, I guess you can make that argument. Oh, shit, you actually can. Fuck. But that's why we can change things. You know, our rules and laws were written to be changeable. We just have to agree to change them. And we have so many politicians without backbones that are afraid to change anything for fear of not getting any more money and power and social status rather than helping to better the people that they were supposed to be representing. Just, you know, listening to the loudest of the loud despite them being a minority group. And being the stupidest. Hmm. Who was it? Was it Winston Churchill said, you know, um, if you want to have second thoughts about democracy, just or so, I'm paraphrasing here. Just if you ever want to have second thoughts about democracy, just talk to an, a voter. Yeah, or something to that effect. Was it Churchill? I, I, I still think it's a bottom-up problem because if um, politicians are catering to uh, the most common, well, the the actually the majority voters, the majority voters. And that voter base is that most of them are complete idiots. Then, uh, yeah, we're we're screwed. And the problem is that is that the voter base is are complete idiots. And we have every means, like we we have um, every tool we need, especially with our technology, to to provide the general populace with uh, a mind of their own. But, um, you know, looking at what's going on in school boards and things like that, the trend seems to be in the opposite direction. It's this, uh, again, it's this dumbing down that's been going on since uh, the Reagan era. And, and that's the source of the problem. Because people like us, we, we're, we're not, we can't tolerate, look how we're talking about these politicians. We wouldn't tolerate that. But actually, we're a minor, we're, the people who can think for themselves, who, who dare to think for themselves, they're the minority today. No matter how comfortable they are or well-positioned they are. Doc's got you covered there. Yeah. Okay, so it was Winston Churchill. I just screwed up the quote. Go ahead. Okay. So according to Winston Churchill, quote, the best argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. Yeah, I would have yeah. never believed that as a kid. It's true. <laughs> I, I, I've only recently started to believe that. I just passed my entire lifetime thinking this can't be possible that people are like this. That people can pass their entire lives without having any independent thought of their own. And the longer we keep doing this... If I can do it, if I can do it, I I assume, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, and with me, my, my, um, yeah, my upbringing, my origins and all that, um, let's just say I didn't have a lot of uh, 
tools handy for growing up. So it may be part of the reason I learned the thing for myself. But it's just it comes down to that basically. It's just if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um but people don't. For whatever reason. Uh we're getting we're getting pretty close to the end of the show and uh I I'll be honest, like I said, um my brain's starting to, to really have a hard time. Uh so uh if if there's anything that you guys have got uh left over that you wanna drop in really quickly, that'd be that'd be wonderful. Uh or if you want me to just finish with whatever Yeah, nothing to add here. Uh, just uh, for the past few minutes, I hope I wasn't making too much noise. I'm cleaning a lawnmower. <laughs> you were fine. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess the last thing I've got uh, very quickly is uh, these people scare the shit out of me because I can't fathom the idea that these people who are in positions of governmental authority of any kind who have taken an oath to protect the constitution from basically themselves and the group that they formed voluntarily. I, I simply cannot, I simply cannot fathom this. And I am gratified to know that this information has come out before the midterm elections here in the United States. We've got uh, uh, the beginning of November. So we've got, uh, what, it's uh, two months, roughly. Yeah. And you know what? With all the shit that has been flooding downhill, yeah. I am, I'm very much hopeful that there will be an incredible cleaning going on. But, you know, as much as I don't want to say it, I'm going to cross my fingers on this one because holy shit, a lot riding on this. That's, that's, that's pretty much all I got because uh, brain is kind of going mushy. Um, anything real quick for either one of you two? I can't think of anything sure. other than, you know, you people in Texas, if you happen to reelect Abbott, what the hell is wrong with you? Hun, oh, it's only a two hour show every week. Don't, don't open up a can of worms <laughs> like that. Not now. Look at it this way. Um, when, 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 when the clocks, uh, change again, we can, we can, Make it a three-hour instead of a two-hour set for that one. How's that? <laughs> see. Anyway, we're just going to go ahead and call it a night because, um, like I said, brain is a little mushy on my side, sadly. So thank you all for being with us. As always, hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives and hope you got something to think about for the week ahead. Uh, live chat, folks. And, and Bridget, because you gave me shit on one of those old episodes that I was listening to again, I go backwards and thank the live chat first. 
and then I come back around. So don't be pushing my buttons, woman. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you very much. Doc, also good to see you. We've been a little, we've been a little kind of concerned that hadn't seen you recently. So you, you take care of yourselves and thanks for being able to be with us. We hope that you take care of yourselves. And again, as we said, our measured condolences to you folks over there. We hope that everything transfers smoothly. Joseph, you have yourself a good morning because Lord knows from the video drops that you were putting over there, it's looking like it's going to be a good morning for you. Oh, God, yeah. I'm going back to Paris tomorrow, but uh, the good weather is starting just today. Excellent. All right. Safe travels, and uh, as always, you have yourself a safe week ahead, huh? Uh, you too, sir. Appreciate it. Tech, um, I... NTM, NTM, the storm's brewing. Yeah, um, I'm... We, we've said... In the Bahamas, possibly Florida. Yeah. Um, Tech and I have known each other long enough that uh, I, I'm pretty sure that um, the whole simpatico thing, um, I sincerely hope that things stay very uneventful for the next week for you out there you take care of yourself huh yeah it sh- should be uh interesting to say the least of what what's going to come up weather wise wasn't thinking about the weather in particular but uh yeah we'll, oh, we'll, that too, yeah. we'll go with that but still yeah absolutely just be careful huh yeah of course i mean i'm from the north i know how to handle that weather fair enough and Miss Bitch. <laughs> well, uh, I can't really think of anybody specific to tell to fuck off this week, but um, we'll I'm go with a category. But I'm going to say that it was really satisfying to watch Steve Bannon do a perp walk. That hey, was amazing. He wanted to build a wall. He got some walls. Six of them. And I'm just, and I'm just going to say Putin Huelo. Because he is. Um, no, don't. Anybody that knows, knows. And anybody that doesn't, they can go ahead and pull out a translator and see what Yahoo Translate does on, on <laughs> Google. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, if I was going to throw anything, I would like to softball a, 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 a very small F you to federal law enforcement. I know that you have an incredible tight rope to walk. I appreciate that. But God damn it. There's a certain point where you have to look at stuff and just go. Man's got to do what man's got to do. I'm quoting from Captain Hammer. So take that with a grain of salt, I suppose. So we'll go ahead. uh, We'll call it a night. Gladiero, 
glad we were all able to be here and make it tonight. So folks, if you would like to be in touch with us, of course, and get the audio version of the podcast, which comes out whenever we get around to it, take a swing over to the website, holycrapthevlogcast.com. Be more than happy to be in contact with you. All of our contact info is over there. If you'd like to leave a voicemail message or send a text message, phone number is 859-HCTV-554. 859-4288-554. We'd be more than happy to hear from you. And we've, of course, got all of the stuff on uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all, all that happy stuff and, and work from there. Um, I'm at the point now where if I'm not entirely careful, I'm going to start rambling, which is a bad place for me to be, which means I'm tired. And it's not just physically tired. There's just been enough the last week. So for those of you that are kind of feeling kind of the same as us, where it's just been a hell of a week, we know <laughs> there's, um, there's a lot of stuff. There's stuff that we haven't talked about. There's stuff that we could have talked about and I opted not to, but just know that we're going to be here for you and we're doing the best that we can. So, I guess all I've got left to do is just to say, Matane Fujin. I love you and I miss you. Dream of me. So, everybody, of course, until the next time we're together, please take care of yourselves and as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.